Welcome back, all you fabricated flashbacks, to the super, not funny show, Supercast. The Supercast, where we talk about all things superhero in the pop culture space, and that, of course, is movies, TV shows, video games, and we talk about news, speculation, all that good and nerdy stuff. I am Mo Pupé, resident fabricant and comic extraordinaire on all things pop culture. And, hey, this week, flying solo, um, Lottie, he is traveling uh he's out of out of the country actually and so it's just me this week uh covering all of the uh pop culture superhero stuff uh that's been going down and uh we're just going to be doing all news this uh this week uh, if you want to check out some of our uh reviews on the on the channel we've been reviewing uh harley quinn uh as if you want to watch some superhero stuff and uh we are eventually going to be reviewing the sandman um which we're going to talk about a little bit later. and um, But so let's talk about all this uh, new stuff. Oh, man, this w- this week is this last week was pretty dramatic and, and monumental. And so the main thrust of our news this week is going to be talking about DC, Warner Brothers Discovery and all of the shenanigans going on there. But we also have other um, like kind of interesting and uh, big things going on, like uh, we're trying to talk about the Sandman. It just dropped on Netflix. What what's going on with it as far as its uh, uh, ratings? And uh, we're going to talk about a trash take on it. A trash take of the week. <laughs> Joker, fully adieu. Uh, Joker two that is uh, announced. Uh, announced officially. Uh, we'll talk about that briefly. Brian Cranston could be coming to Marvel according to a rumor. Uh, speaking of coming to uh, Marvel, John Carlo Esposito has confirmed that he has met with Marvel to talk about a potential role for the MCU. Uh, we get some uh, brief news on the Midnight Suns game that uh, we talked about uh, last year. Some set picks for the Ironheart TV show that is uh, filming right now. Dark Horse and Netflix continue their partnership in amount announce a new uh, film. Uh, this week also in Ezra Miller uh, screwing up again. Uh, we're going to talk about that briefly. And then, of course, all of that big Warner Brothers DC stuff uh, that went down last week. So, man, we got a packed schedule and we're going to see see how quickly we can get through it uh, this week. So let's jump in there. So uh, everybody, uh, you know, me and Lottie were talking about the Sandman. You know, he wasn't aware of it. But Sandman's, in my opinion, one of the top, you know, three or four greatest comic books of all time. Definitely, uh, if you call people call them graphic novels, whatever. Uh, Definitely one of the best of all time. Very dense, very idea-packed. And considered to be almost, you know, impossible to actually bring to screen. Uh, but you know what? Never let it said that that you know a creator is going to let you know naysayers keep them down. And so uh, Neil Gaiman and and Netflix uh, and Warner Brothers, you know, they TV kind of teamed up and they were going to do this right. Uh, Neil Gaiman, he's notoriously said that he's kept bad versions of the Sandman from coming to pass uh, over the last thirty years. But finally, we get what you know, what he wanted, like his vision, uh, come to fruition. 
Uh, and there's been much controversy, stupid controversy, I might say, and we're gonna we'll, we'll talk about that with the trash take. But it dropped over the weekend, and as of now, um, it's been number one in many countries. I'd say most markets, you know, where it's available, has been number one. Uh, very high reviews. I think it's like 85 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and just generally speaking, very, you know, there's been some very high praise, but generally speaking, very positively um, received, reviewed, all that good stuff. Uh, and so I did get a chance to, uh, you know, Jen and I, we did, you know, start watching it. Didn't finish it because it's 10 hours. And to be quite honest, you know, binging through something for 10 hours is not my thing anymore, but did make it through about seven episodes. And I have to say, as a person who's actually read the comics, and listened to the audio drama uh, from Audible. I can't believe how freaking <laughs> close to the, the source material it is. Like, people always talk about, oh, you got to you know, be true to the source material. It is really damn close, like, to a, an almost exact uh, recreation of, of the comic, which is an accomplishment because, the you know, the comic is very is high, very fantasy um gothic horror eldritch horror that sort of thing so bringing that to the screen in a faithful way that makes sense and looks good is a is quite an accomplishment uh, in my opinion uh whether or not that works for everyone else i know i can't i can't tell you that or not i was just very astounded by what uh went on you know what went on in there uh some very moving bits in fact uh and i again i'll cover that in, in the full uh, review, but there are, there are many great performances here. I think it's it's a triumph for not just for superhero and you know fantasy and comics and all that, but just for TV in general. Uh, this sort of high fantasy, high concept storytelling uh, about storytelling essentially. Um, so that leads me to kind of our, our trash take of the week. So you know we got we like to highlight just terrible terrible opinions and expose their stupidity so we're well we're going to expose it and this is kind of follows on uh, you know a trash take we've talked about before when this whole show was announced in the casting and everything and it has to do as usual with uh basically toxic fans and their uh, their bigotry and bullshit um so the the role of death has traditionally, you know, in the comics was portrayed as, you know, a pale goth white girl. And in the in the show, it's portrayed by a black woman. Uh, Death's portrayed by a black woman. And then, of course, Desire was portrayed as a woman. And in the show is portrayed by a non-binary uh, actor. So, essentially, to look, you know, androgynous and, and whatnot. So, there's... The, so, the, the charge is that, <laughs> I guess, too many black people in the in the store because you know race swapping or whatever whatever and you know of, of characters but also that it's too woke like the you know that the they're not true to the source material that the you know the creators are are betraying which is hilarious because the creator of this original story himself actually runs this particular uh show so it's interesting that some people think they really know more than the creator about what's appropriate and what isn't. But it's a trash take because, you know, calling things woke, like, let me just say if 
if it's woke, it's been woke since the 80s when it was first put out. There's so much stuff in here that's that is straight up, you know, trans affirming, you know, queer affirming, you know, uh, it, plenty of, of um, you know, brown you know, uh, people and all that stuff in there. So if that's woke, then it's been woke forever and you're an idiot because you don't know what you're talking about. People who've never seen the show, who've never read the book, never listened to the audio book, uh, don't know any, all they know is brown, brown people, female, you know, not queer people, scary, get it away from me. And so that's why we call this the trash take of the week. If that's your problem, with with this show then it's you are the problem not not the show the show has always been the, this story has always been like that so like be better like no enough of the trash trash takes anyway um you guys check that out uh and you know we'll we'll drop that and let you we'll drop that review let you know what we think about the whole show <clears throat> so um just real quick more quick beats joker folle adieu i think i'm saying that right my I don't speak French and my French sucks, but uh, we heard recently there was a rumor that it was uh, Joker 2 was essentially going going to be a musical with Lady Gaga uh, as potentially Harleen Quinzel, a.k.a. Harley Quinn. And it has become official that uh, they dropped a, a real quick like, hey, we're at an announcement. This is happening. Lady Gaga is officially attached to the uh, to the film. It appears that it is indeed going to be a musical of sorts. Uh, I'm hoping more Chicago than like all singing all the time. Uh, less cats, more Chicago, but uh, we'll see. And um, and it you know and also that there's a rumor or or there's some you know indication that Zazie Beats is in talks to return to this sequel, um, re- you know, reprising her character as, as the neighbor uh, that. <laughs> You know that uh, the Joker has a not really relationship with. It's I mean, if you see the movie, you know what you're talking about. So I think that's really cool. Well, first of all, I think it's cool as hell that they are daring to do something so out there, like super out there. I mean, obviously Lady Gaga can sing, so having her, uh, you know, having music be attached to it, that's cool. I just think it's cool that it's out there because. It's going to sort of, you know, drag, uh, you know, some, so, you know, some members of, of the fandom that, you know, they are not as maybe uh, into or cultured or what have you with uh, with films are going to go into in, into this and see a musical. And I think that that's pretty dang cool. And I honestly, I just want them to swing for the fences because, I mean, what else could why? How else could they fail? They made a billion dollars on, you know, a swing on the for the fences. Do that shit again. I'm all for it. Uh, big swings for that. So um, it's early days, but we'll let you guys know more about about that when we hear more. Uh, Marvel news. We got some. Um, I guess I don't want to call it casting. It's more rumors or or whatnot. Kind of. Uh, Things we hope are true and, and are going to become real. So we heard recently about Taron Egerton saying that he had met with Marvel to talk about potential, uh, you know, a potential role in the MCU. And that seems to be a trend right now because the rumor is that Brian Cranston 
uh, has been talking to Marvel about joining an upcoming MCU project. Now, you know, who the heck knows what it could be? I'm, you know, I'm not even going to look too deep into the speculation because there are so many Marvel characters that are, are available. The point here is that uh, that Marvel is indeed, they are, they're talking to everybody. You know, any anybody that's worth anything in in Hollywood that can act worth a damn, they're they're saying, "Hey, what's up? What you you want to do?" You know, they got Mahershala Ali. Mahershala Ali literally called and said, "I want," and they said, "Cool, do," right? Brian Cranston. There, let's let's not beat around the bush. This man's one of the greats that that's acting right now. I mean, everyone knows him for Breaking Bad, but I mean, he does so many other things than that. He's been acting for quite a while. He's got a great resume. The man, uh, you know, can steal scenes. He's he's a great actor. And in my opinion, give him whatever the hell he wants. I mean, like, you know, within reason. Obviously, you don't just hand him whatever. But, I mean, this man has, has you know, he made his bones. This guy can pretty much do whatever. And so I'm down with him showing up and doing whatever uh if i had to <clears throat> say anything right right now the x-men are probably the biggest blank slate uh in the mcu and probably the inhumans too but i don't think the inhumans are likely so i i would say if we're going to look at the x-men is he going to be a good guy or a bad guy and if he's going to be you know a bad guy who's he going to be i mean i'd be i'd be down with him you know being uh you know trask uh being uh, maybe a hell. I've been. I honestly, this is a, a far pitch. That you know, he could be uh, Nimrod. You know, because Nimrod's a um, a robot, or he could be um, you know Tom Cat, Black Tom Cassidy. He could be. I mean, look, these as just going on the villain on the villain side. He could be Forge. I mean, there's the sky's the limit. Whatever this guy wants to do, but I think. You couldn't just put him in like a small role. This guy, he's he's too high profile. He should be a, a bigger, uh, a bigger person within in the mutants. But who knows? Who knows who he might be? But it's good to know that this is indeed happening. And uh, we, you know, we definitely want to give you guys more information about that uh, when that's just you know confirmed, and uh, we find out who he is. Uh, speaking of other people who are talking with Marvel, Giancarlo Esposito was uh, being interviewed recently, and he also confirmed that he has met with Marvel to talk about potential roles. So Kevin Feige's basically taking, at this point, he's basically taking, you know, meetings with anybody. It's, I mean, I'm going to say with anybody, but obviously he's got an open door policy right now. Heck, I'm, I'm not wouldn't be surprised if he was just calling people's agents and be like, hey, what do you want to do, man? Like, hey, what, what, somebody won an Emmy? What, hey, what do you want to do? Reaching out and trying to find out if anybody want to get in on this Marvel gravy train. Because it's obvious that Marvel's got big things coming. They need, you know, they need talent. They, they're trying to build, they're not trying to just build a, uh, you know, a dynasty. They're trying to build an empire. Uh, one that, you know, that infinite empire that will never, you know, the MCU that will never end, that will go on well beyond Feige and whoever's there right now that will live on. So I'm, uh, first of all, like Cranston, and, uh, you know, of course, they were both on Breaking Bad. 
And he is also in the Star Wars universe right now as, you know, Moff Gideon. And he's also Stan Edgar on The Boys. But the man's pedigree is beyond reproach. He is considered one of the greatest TV villains of all time. The man, he can act his ass off. He can do anything. He can be anything. And it's he's it said in the interview that he was talking about being Professor X or Doctor Doom, and I say yes. I you know what honestly didn't even think about Professor X. Everyone because he's so good at playing villains, we're thinking oh he's going to be Magneto or whatever. But Professor X, that's a hell of a call. I want one that I am absolutely there for. Subvert that expectation. The man, like I said, the man can act. You know, he, he can chew scenes, as they say. And him as, as Charles Xavier, I mean, to follow on after McAvoy and, and Patrick Stewart, that's a worthy successor right there. Now, of course, you know, in, in usual trash take fashion, and we talked about this last year where people like, he can, you know, Professor X or you can't be black. Yes, he can. Like, chill out, yo. Why can't he be black? Let's let me hear let me hear this this essential the essential nature of his race here that ha, that where he has to be you know has to be a white dude. I want to hear your you know your your reasoning why he can't be John Carlos Esposito. And also, that's I mean, who the hell are you? I'm not going to be serious to say John Carlos Esposito can't be Professor X. Who else? I mean. Why wouldn't he be a good Professor X? I, I really want to know that. Um, and, and, you know, most people are talking about he wanted want to be Magneto. If if he was, that be I'd be down with that, too. Hell, he doesn't even have to be an, an X-Man. But if the man wants Professor X, give the man Professor X. That's all I'm saying. So, uh, but we don't, we'll know uh, in the future. I'm, I'm pretty sure if, if something's going down with this, we'll probably find out something in the next few months. So we'll let you guys know. Uh, when we hear about it. All right, another really quick bit here. Uh, we're the Midnight Suns. Uh, this was a video game we uh, Lottie and I talked about last year. Uh, we were talking about upcoming, you know, uh, superhero video games. And essentially it's an XCOM style uh, tactical RPG. And it was delayed and it has unfortunately been delayed again until 2023. Now, it's only unfortunate in the sense that, you know, if you were really looking forward to playing that before the end of this year, you know, dang, you're not, you know, you're not going to be able to until next year. But I will also say that in another sense, I'm glad that it's happening. Only in, the, in that, you know, video game development is, especially AAA development, is hard as hell. And it's tough on the developers. And if they need the time... They should have the time. I'm not like releasing buggy, crappy games. Nobody likes that. It brings down the IP. It brings down. Um, it brings down the company itself. It deflates gamers' interest. It makes people think you know superhero tie-in video games no good. And so, in the interest of making this the best thing possible, it's been delayed until next year. And I'm down with it. Let's, like, you guys take your time and uh, give us a quality game. Because, uh, I mean, you know, we got we have other things we can, we can be doing. We got plenty of other games to play. Uh, this needs to be released when it's ready. So, 
Um, but we'll uh, keep an eye on this, and as it comes closer to the time for release, we'll we'll talk about it some more next year. Uh, we do on this show. We do like to do you know set picks, talk about you know behind the scenes things because you know in, in and around the sets, there's always someone with a camera nowadays. So we did get to see uh, some Ironheart set pictures that uh, came through on on Twitter. And very interesting ones, in fact. We got first, we, we have some of Riri Williams herself. Now, uh, Riri Williams, we know, is uh, set to be uh, played by Dominic Thorne, is set to be in uh, Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. Uh, presumably, she's going to suit up uh, as, uh, as Ironheart, uh, where she makes her own suit of sort of Iron Man type armor and is a superhero. Well, and of course she has, she's got a spinoff series, Ironheart. And we had heard rumors before about, you know, that she, she was going to be facing off against these, you know, tech bros, but also against uh, the hood and that Anthony Ramos was going to be the hood. So in these pictures, we get to see uh, uh, Riri Williams in the suit or in partially in the suit and in the suit proper. And let me say, uh, sans CG, obviously. I, they're they're going to, you know, make it bigger and cooler and everything with the CG, but I think it's actually pretty dang cool uh, what we're seeing here in these pictures. Um, <clears throat> obviously, it's all going to be plasticky, but when they CG it, it's going to look uh, a lot different. And you can also tell, like, she's in a mocap, you know, uh, Dominic Thorne's in a mocap suit, but she does have some practical bits uh, on on her shoulder and everything, I guess for reference or whatever, and so people would be able to you know act against it properly. But the the full on suit, they actually show uh, a full on suit, which I'm not sure if she's actually in it or if it's just a, a, a proper model or something like that. Um, it looks it does look Iron Man ish, but also not quite. Uh, looks a little Ultron ish, I guess you could say. Uh, I'd even say it sort of uh, takes some cues from. Uh, manga or uh, anime where you know the giant robots and some some of the way the plate design is uh and it's got like a um you know a a forearm mounted uh gun just really cool it doesn't look all super you know um you know shiny and everything kind of like an iron man suit but a lot more um you know home built and, and all that so uh very cool looking i'm i'm very interested to see uh, how that's animated and how it looks in action. <clears throat> uh, we also got pictures of Anthony Ramos as uh, it was rumored again he's going to be playing the hood, and so we get to actually see him as the hood. Which he, it's a little weird. He he's got this red hood, looks like red, right, and good. Not going to be, you know, not going to lie. But underneath it, he's got like a little, you know, suit and uh, suit on, and that's very much in the style of the hood, who is basically a guy that gets a magical hood that lets him sort of do some magical shit. And uh, he's got, but he still has a gun and he, you know, he still knows to shoot people. And, you know, he's very much a, a, you know, kind of a henchman who levels up because of this magical thing and and goes on to become a boss. And so this apparently is going to be something like a magic versus technology clash uh, between the hood and, and Riri Williams. And I'm there for it. The hood was, uh, when he was introduced, was very interesting, super ruthless, very effective. And in the midst of the Dark Reign comic series, actually rose to be a fairly prominent, you know, underworld figure. 
And so I, I'm very interested to see how they uh, incorporate that into the MCU. So I'm I'm excited. Hey, uh, it this show looks like it's, it's shaping up to be something that could be very uh, cool, very unique, and um, <clears throat> and just expand the MCU in a good way. So uh, we'll let you guys know more about these uh, these developments. Uh, Ironheart is continues to uh, be filmed. Uh, some non-MCU stuff, I know, right? We, we talk a lot about the MCU. So let's talk about something uh, uh, at Dark Horse. <clears throat> so Dark Horse uh, Comics, they've had a, a standing deal with Netflix where they, you know, they have a development deal, a first look development deal. So first look deals, of course, are if they have an idea for a project, movie, TV show, whatever, Netflix gets the first chance to say yes to it. Uh, before they shop around so they've you know they've been doing that but um now they they have uh extended this deal and as a part of extending the deal they have um they have uh, you know greenlit a movie uh, starring idris elba called bang and i you know i don't know a ton about this because I, I don't read really comics too much nowadays but uh apparently this is about um about a uh, I guess a spy, a secret agent that has to track down the author of a book, a series of books or whatever that have been used to brainwash people uh, uh, for a terrorist cult that's trying to, I guess, bring about the end of the world or something. And which I let me just say sounds cool. And also seeing Idris Elba as uh, pseudo James Bondish uh, spy with some occult stuff. That's pretty. That sounds cool. Uh, but they're also uh, going to be doing a, an adaptation of the. Uh, comic mind management um, from uh, Matt uh, Kent. So that you know, big things are happening over there. I I think this is just a good indication that first anybody says super, uh, comic book fatigue is real. No, sorry, it's not. Um, these companies, the you know Netflix, uh, I guess um, all of the other development studios, the other streamers, they are looking to comic books just like they look to books for more uh you know more ideas for what to adapt what to turn into something interesting and it's just not going to stop because uh i think a lot of people have been they've been sort of sleeping on comic books thinking it's only about you know capes and and uh superpowers and all that stuff but there actually is uh, a large uh a wide variety of different kind of subjects that comic books do and it, it, you know things like you know things that you don't even know are comic books have been made into movies, and so now they're starting to really dig down into the the libraries of these different um, publishers to see things that can be adapted. And so I think it's a very positive sign for the industry in general, and that uh, streamers are willing to actually uh, kind of gamble on some of these you know a little more, a uh, little lesser known, but but still interesting ideas. So. Good on uh, Dark Horse. Now, I'm actually really looking forward to that Bang movie. Um, <clears throat> last bit of news before we talk about the DC stuff. Uh, this this weekend, Ezra Miller fucking up again. The uh, guy, you know, I wish Lottie was here because I know we would ha have a lot to go back and forth about. But let's just let's just get into it. So Ezra Miller has been. Uh, in the in the news recently for various things uh supposedly related to you know 
I guess a friend of his that I guess has been accused of, of uh, brainwashing or whatever, been uh, assaulting people and uh, just kind of being a loose cannon, if you will. But you know what? You know what WB has been saying? Not a damn thing about it. Even though we've heard that there's been some rumblings, you know, in in the uh, Warner Brothers about what the hell to do about uh, the Flash because they spent so much money on it, they can't shelve it. And he apparent, or I'm sorry, they apparently are not going to re- reel it in. Doesn't seem like they're going to reel it in. <clears throat> so uh, what we have is a situation where now they've been arrested of for breaking into someone's house and stealing alcohol. Um, and it's a felony case up in Vermont. So uh, I don't I don't think they are actually in jail. I think they are out on bail or something like that, but are going to have to uh, face those charges. And my gosh, <laughs> it's, you know, I keep wanting somehow, some way, some, someone to get through to them about, this situation like what's actually going like at this point you know if you are ideologically you know opposed to to them i I mean this maybe it's a time for you to gloat but to me it's really more of you know how to get this person help or if they even want any help Uh, i think it's pretty clear though that the bridges are being burned professionally not that we won't get the flash, but the bridges are being burned professionally, and that they are actually, you know, self-destructing a little bit right now, and it's unfortunate. I don't, I don't like to have to talk about stuff like this, but the truth is, is that most news about Ezra Miller is bad news, and does that mean again? Does that mean that the Flash isn't coming out because we're selfish and we only give a damn about the movies and not? about this person situation doubtful it's too much money spent on that movie but i also think that it's not going to do as well as it could have uh, because now they are a target for harassment and you know uh review bombing and all of that stuff because the likely suspects are going to take this and run with it but it is unfortunate that the you know we are witnessing the most epic bag fumble in the history of fumbling of bags and it just it's it's really unfortunate and not fun to watch so um we'll see we'll keep up with this and we'll keep the Ezra watch going next time anything happens and we'll let you guys know what we think about it so those are all of our regular uh regular um news bits Uh, but it seems like it's so much but we got even more to go for uh, because now we're going to talk about the big DC, uh, the big DC calling, if you will. DC had uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. They had a, uh, you know, an earnings uh, call, their quarterly earnings call with the investors, which is usually a time for entertainment companies to talk about what they're going to do to, you know, increase stockholder, you know, shareholders uh, value. Because that's all shareholders give a damn about. They don't. They here's the thing. They don't. All they care about is that green. They don't care about how they get the green. They just want the green. So good, good projects, bad projects. As long as it makes them money, they're cool. Uh, so CEO David Zaslav, he's was 
you know, talking about uh, what to do about Warner Brothers. And we're not going to focus too much on Warner Brothers at large because who, I mean, it's, there's so much there. So we're going to talk about DC itself. And Zaslav has said straight up that he, he thinks that, you know, previous, um, you know, previous leadership has done a crap job with DC. That DC is essentially a gold mine that's untapped, has not been managed properly, and that they are now uh, planning to use. It's one of their, you know, m- you know, main pillars of their success is that DC has got to put out, you know, great product. And to that end, I, this is this is the shit that threw me earlier this week was that they didn't just you know they didn't just you know say oh bad girl's not coming out in theaters they didn't just say oh well you know bad girl uh is just going straight to to streaming or anything like no they said they are shelving it entirely so to put in uh you know plain words it will never see the light of day now this is a movie that was probably 90 percent done was going through post-production, was near the finish line, like so close to the finish line. And, you know, I've I've heard people say, oh, it's because it wasn't, you know, they did test screenings and it wasn't very good and that's why they're shelving it. I, which is bullshit. Let me say this. You know how many shit-ass movies, and I'm not just like, I'm not just talking on my ass. How many movies have you seen that are horrible, like just terrible movies and they still get published, or they still get released. They get put in the theater, or they put on streaming, or something. Somehow or another, they get released. Because that's the whole point of this game, is to make, you make movies in order to make money, right? Now, I can see how maybe the, the money-making equation didn't, didn't actually make sense, because it was co- supposed to go straight to HBO Max, so where's the money making? But even if they had just thrown this in theaters, it may, you know, at least that made its own money, you know, the, the production budget back, which is something around $90 million, 90, 90-ish million dollars. But no, shelves completely. Like there are apparently, and I'm, you know, I'm not up on this, but according to people who know, there are plenty of completely finished movies uh for which the studio saw no way to make their money back and that indeed it would be expensive to just put it out in general and they just put it on a shelf and the only people who ever get to see it work at the company um and that's what's happening here uh apparently by doing this by shelving it warner brothers discovery saved something like you know they they saved something like 15 million dollars uh, on the, on this spot on a tax write-off situation, so they're literally getting paid to not, you know, not you put out their product, which it seemed very backwards. And if you were like me, or you were li- really looking forward to this, you were looking forward to a smaller scale, not the fate of the world, street level sort of deal. And which, by the way, Michael Keaton was supposed to come back. This was a huge blow. I, I like I literally could not understand what why would you do this? And then when it was finally explained to me, I still asked myself, again, why would you do this? Why not just, you know, put it out in the theaters and make what money you can make? And the answer to that is besides the tax thing, which you know, it's it's a legit thing that happens, but it's also because 
they are cha- they're changing gears at DC. You know, they've already been cleaning house with, you know, WB Discovery has already been cleaning house of old executives and everything like that. And they're ready to do that with DC. And, they, you know, Walter Hamada, he's the current uh, president of DC Films, but not for too much longer. Um, you know, his boss, his immediate bosses have all been, they've been let go or resigned or whatever. They've been, you know, replaced. And even apparently they wanted him to stick around, but now he's just, you know, the Batgirl decision apparently irked him. But, uh, you know, reports say that he is sticking around at DC Films until after Black uh, Adam is released in October. And so this, again, this all, this is all a part of a plan. You know, Walter Hamada, you know, good, bad or whatever you think about him. He was there as they shepherded certain, you know, uh, movies through. And maybe some bad decisions, but in general, mostly good things happened at DC while he was there. Um, and so, you know, now we're we're having a complete shakeup at at the um, at, at DC uh, to the tune of not just Batgirl being shelved, but the Supergirl movie uh, just poof, it's gone. Whatever they were doing on it, it was money they spent on on developing gone. So no Supergirls, no Supergirl movie spinning out of Flash uh, like we expected. It's, I don't know, is Blue Beetle still going to make it? They're in the process. They are literally right now filming Blue Beetle. Is that going to stick around? Because, you know, is it going to, is it going to be a part of the new DC? Uh, it appears, oh, well, you know, sorry Snyder stands, but the Snyderverse appears to be on the way out too. Uh, they appear to want to be starting with as clean a slate as possible. And only in this sense. The one, the things that are clearly working, like Aquaman and Wonder Woman, and you know, to a smaller degree, Peacemaker, they get to stay. You know, Shazam, they get to stay. The Snyderverse stuff, not really. Uh, there's talks of wanting, you know, Henry Cavill to come back uh, to be the Superman for this this new DC. Um, and I've heard, you know, I've heard, seen some rumors that. Cavill's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't want to come back and do that. And that, that very well could be because he's been sort of, you know, dangling on a string, I guess you will uh, say, for years now as D.C., you know, prior administration has completely failed to make a, a, a Superman movie, to absolutely fail to make anything out of Superman at all. Just just total failure. Um, even when he shows up, he's not even really there. So the kind of the disrespect to Cavill and, and to Superman in general has been, you know, noticeable. So if he didn't want to come back, I don't fucking, I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to come back. Not the way people are, you know, treating him. But I've, I've also, you know, we've heard Zaslav and, and other people that are in charge. They like him for Superman. So that's, you know, that's a possibility there. If there's any, you know, silver lining to this cloud, that that could be it. But in the midst of all this, you know, they are cleaning house. You got, um, you know, the Arrowverse is essentially coming to an end with the end of this upcoming season of The Flash, which is truncated. I think it's like a 13-episode season. 
that and with that that is the end of the cw arrowverse you know after all these years um in addition shows that were in development that you know possibly were, were close to getting actually filmed like the green lantern show that they've been talking about for years now the green lantern core show that they were developing dead no green lanterns in the in uh you know on tv or uh, something i didn't know existed but kevin smith was talking about on his podcast the strange adventures uh kind of anthology show that he had been working on axed they just just cut it because it's not in line with the, their idea of the of what dc should be uh going forward it also would probably be expensive two expensive shows whose revenue streams weren't apparent you know readily apparent because again remember this this is about the money it's it is about the money the people who are running you know dc warner brothers discovery who are in charge of dc do they i'm telling you they as far as i can tell are not creatives are not even close to creatives they're they're not producers of any they are money people they're they're trying to make Warner Brothers Discovery profitable to get underneath a butt ton of debt that they put took on to even to acquire Warner Brothers. And so, you know, this idea, you know, the, the creators, whatever, however much time they spent doesn't matter. However much people want these things doesn't matter. That's not because it's not in line with the way they are essentially wanting to, you know, the word monetize, but they want to exploit dc as much as they can in fact they want to they don't just want to exploit dc as much as they can they want to exploit dc in the way that marvel uh, and marvel studios exploits marvel comics that is their goal like it's explicit no we're not even talking it's literally what zaslav said and and you know in, in the the meeting that the idea is to make dc operate the way that Marvel Studios does. And <laughs> I, I really liked how other pe people took that and like, oh, so you mean like, uh, you know, they were talking about they had a 10-year plan and people were like, oh, you mean like the last time they had a 10-year plan or the time before that? Seemed to be a bunch of 10-year plans that don't make it to their 10 years. So it sounds really good. I'm going to say this. It sounds really good. If, if they're, they're on the level and they're really trying hard and they, most importantly, if I guess what I what I want them if they actually are trying to emulate Marvel Studios, they need to take the right damn lessons from this, because you can, it's real easy to be like, yeah, we're gonna tell stories and build up to this big old event. That is not what Marvel Studios is about. It just isn't. Like the whole point of Marvel Studios when Kevin Feige and Louis Desposito and Victoria Alonso, you know, when they were and you know to a lesser degree, Ike Perlmutter at the start. Uh, their idea wasn't, we're going to build to Avengers. That's the point of it. No. The point is to tell stories in a shared universe in a cohesive way in which gigantic events can happen, but also smaller stories where all the characters are, you know, every movie gets the attention it needs to be the best it can possibly be. And they're not looking at the, you know, they're not looking for the forest and missing the trees. You know, if, if that may, if that 
makes any sense. And so I'm hoping, you know, look, I want DC to be great. I really do. Like, I want great DC content. So I hope that this works. As pissed off as I am about, you know, Batgirl, and as bothered as I am about what seems to be a, a you know, pulling back on, you know, maybe niche but interesting characters in favor of, you know, the big three or a five or whatever. As much as that bugs me, I w- if that leads to them actually doing a 10-year plan that actually does something, you know, good, I'm, I'm there for it. I, let's just say I'm, I'm a withholding judgment because we've heard this song before and we see where we've gotten. We've gotten some good stuff out of DC, but we've also gotten some crap. And we, you know, if anything, I want the consistency. And so if they want to actually do this correctly, they're going to have to get their Feige. And who the hell is that going to be? Like, ask your, so if you know anything about the industry, who the, who the hell is going to be Feige? going to be a creative and kind of hands-on but very very astute studio head that can put his finger in all the pies and or her finger in all the pies and get you know get everyone on the same page who are going to be the lieutenants you know who are going to be the the you know right hand people to to this you know this head of studio and who are you know who are they further going to empower to make their you know to make their uh movies about the big three and, and justice league and so forth that's what we want to know and until they identify whoever this kevin feige figure is going to be this is all just a lot of good t- stuff that sounds good you know it's that's all it is it just sounds good it isn't really anything more than saying we're you know it's like someone saying I want to buy a mansion, but they've done almost, they haven't done much work to actually do so. They may even have the money to do so, but I've made no, have made no real moves toward it. What well, sounds good. And I really hope that it happens. And I hope that mansion that they build is awesome. But until I see some actual groundwork being laid, I just don't have a ton of confidence in it. Especially because again, this is, this is about the money. And so, at the very least, I would like to see who this Kevin... If I can find out who this Kevin Feige figure is, that will allay my fears. Or my, my you know, I guess my concerns about all of this. Uh, and I hope whoever it is can get Henry Cavill back to the, you know, to the, into the tights. Uh, like, for real. That's, that's, that's how I'll measure it. Whoever this person is... If they are capable of getting Henry Cavill back into Superman tights, then I can have some confidence in them. I think that to me that would that would represent uh, like a savvy, uh, uh, you know, head of head of the studio, and and that they're going to make some good personnel uh, choices. So, in the meantime, we lose out on Batgirl. We lose out on J.K. Simmons uh, again as Commissioner Gordon. Uh, we miss out on Michael Keaton because Michael Keaton's not going to be in, you know, Batgirl. Therefore, Affleck has to come back to do his cameo roles um, in uh, in the Flash and um, 
and I think Black Adam, and that sucks. So, <sighs> yeah, it's been a it's been a, it's been a tough week for. Um, <laughs> it's been a tough week if you're a, a DC fan and you like some of these side things, and everyone's worried about like, is this going to be canceled? Is this going to be canceled? And we just don't know. You know, we know HBO Max is sort of going away, so and Max Originals are probably going to be scaled back significantly. So some things like Harley Quinn or Doom Patrol, like what's going to happen to them? We just don't know. Uh, but it doesn't feel good right now uh, to be a fan of any of those things because it feels like they're going to definitely get the axe. And uh, we all know we're we're going to see. Uh, we're keeping an eye on this situation. Uh, so we're not, we're going to try to be positive, not to be so bummed about it. But uh, we'll, I don't know. What did you guys think about this? When you heard about all this news, uh, this flood of news about DC, what did you guys think about it? And uh, what did you guys think about what I had to say about it? Uh, just let me know. Get down to the comment section. Leave your thoughts there. And, of course, you can always hit me up, supernotfunnyshow at gmail.com or at supernotfunnys1 on Twitter. And uh, oh, let's talk about this. Um, plenty to talk about trust me um of course while you're down there um hitting that like also get down there and smash that subscribe button join the super not funny show family help us grow this channel uh we always you know love to see more people come in here and uh enjoy our content it keeps us motivated uh around here and of course you can always hit the notification bell to let you know when we drop new content, we're doing reviews and uh, podcasts, all that good stuff. Uh, so go check all that out. Hit some like, uh, hit like, and all that stuff. All right, all you fabric in the flesh bags. Thanks once again for joining us or joining me on this. as uh, the 63rd episode of the Supercast. Uh, come back next week. Got plenty more uh, news. Uh, we're going to talk about, I'm sure, Harley Quinn and all these uh, all these other things. And uh, She-Hulk comes out next week. She-Hulk. So we'll preview. I think we'll preview She-Hulk uh, coming out. And we'll talk about Sandman. Other fun stuff like that. Till then, I have been Mole Pepe, your resident fabricant and comic extraordinaire on all things pop culture. And I'll see you guys on the other side of the thread. Peace. Mm-hmm.